Welcome to my basement, everybody. Aww. Hello, Scott Jones. Hello, Victor Lucas. Welcome back from San Diego, California. That was you so fun. attended Comic-Con. Now, I listen, did. I want to talk to you about Comic-Con. I got yes. a lot of fucking questions for you about okay. how you survived that shit without right. me this year. Without All right. Batman. I was great because there was so much Batman news. It Listen, was great. I got another more pressing question that okay. needs to all be right. addressed all right. first. All right, hit me. Everyone out there, all of our listeners, would mm. like to know how Clyde is doing. Clyde is doing just fine. Is he still radioactive? He, he is still a little radioactive, so we have to keep him away from us, and especially from Ruby, my so daughter. Where is he now? I, f- he, I picture um, him being in like the prison in Walking Dead. No, right? we we let him in. We've got baby gates all over the house, so th- that also keeps mm-hmm. out. Uh, so they're Clyde gates as well. Fascinating. So all right, uh, and uh, um, so what we do? You're such an asshole. You <laughs> I, I barely get a sentence in, and you're already critiquing my story. <laughs> you're setting it up. Uh, okay. We got baby gates. Okay, so. You got yeah, locked away. I think it is the word "baby" is just freak, freaking you I out now. So. Yes, I, so. I do You're talk right. about my baby quite a bit because she's beautiful and wonderful. No. And today she said, "Dada funny," and that's Dada all I can think funny. about today. Dada funny. It's okay. pretty nice to hear your daughter say "Dada funny." Okay. All right. Anyways, Clyde is a uh, little, still a little radioactive. So every time he comes near us, there is that like, ooh, gee, he's radioactive kind of uh, heebie-jeebies <laughs> that we we kind of get a, like Have we you, did we you touch shut the lights him. off to see if he glowed? he does not glow in the dark. Okay. No, he doesn't. But he's got the um, he's got a little divot in his fur where they shaved him down so they yeah. could stick in the uh, whatever the isotope uh, they did injection. That to Keith. They shaved his whole stomach. It yeah. Was so it's the smoothest skin. Yeah. And it also made me realize that if cats were hairless, no one would love them. No, I know yeah. that the the fur really makes a difference. <laughs> so he's got a divot. Yeah, he's got a divot. he's got a little fur divot yeah. and he's uh you know, he's he, he, his head's a little bit fucked up now. Like there's there is something like I I think he's just been beaten around so much in the last month that it, I feel like his head's a little sideways when he looks at me now. Yeah, you know? like yeah. one. Of, like he's starting to look a little like Build a Cat a little bit. He's not from the old uh, Bloom County comic, which I used to love. He's not oh, quite yeah. as scruffy and bug-eyed and stuff, but he does seem a little bit like disheveled. You know, he's been skunked. He's been thrown into the shower with the tomato juice. Uh, you know, we've let him outside, so he's been exposed to all kinds of weird things. Comes back with birds, and his and his tail is all uh, standing straight up. You know how the hair on the back of the cat's tail when they freak out. So he, he comes in with big bushy tail. I see. Uh, all of these things have changed. We put a collar on him with the little Clyde thing on him, uh, and he's just sort of tolerating it. It's like we and we've also had Ruby trying to pounce on him and sit on him and punch him and stuff. And he just has been dealing with that. And I think the the nuclear injection was the last straw. So now that he's a radioactive cat, he's uh, he's just like, whatever, man, whatever. Yeah. So like this is his nihilism fades. Totally. So yeah. we, we give him a little bit of love. We, we uh, pat him for about two or three minutes at most right now because we're still a little sensitive. And then we we chuck him away. Did you bring him home in the car? And if oh, so. Oh, yeah, he shat all over the place immediately. Again? Yeah. And the, uh, the, um, the carrier that he was in. <laughs> Still outside, um, still being fumigated, <laughs> still being processed. Why, why does he? Why does he shit everywhere whenever his, he gets a little? Is it? He gets a little anxious, I guess. <laughs> well, it's uh, oh, evacuate the bowels as soon yeah. as as he's being transported. Ah, it's in, all coming out. In an automated vehicle. Oh my God! I can't control myself. Luckily, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't do that when we just carry him around. Yeah, and you know, I think he like he doesn't sleep in the house anymore. We say, okay, out you go, because we can't really have him in the bed, right? With with all of us, he he has to sleep outside at night. We throw him out at night. Yeah. What are you going to do in the winter or when the rain comes? Well, this is for right now. He's also really loud, and like he sings the blues at night. You know. Yeah. Nobody knows how radioactive I am. So does he do? My cats do this. They're like, yeah, meow. Yeah, in the middle of the of night. Yeah. Like, is, meow. is anyone there? I'm so blue. Yeah. The, the thing yeah. I still let my cats sleep with me. Yeah. The thing I, I do like is when they they bring toys into the bed. Yeah. Like it's time time for some action. Time yeah. for us to play. And yeah. Then they meow and they try to wake me up and then I come to work and then I 
you know, then you see the shit I do on EP Daily and reviews on the run. Because <laughs> of the fucking cats. Yeah, you're in a grumpy mood. Yeah, no. Well, we, we have a baby and a cat, and that's too much to deal with in, yeah. in a bed. So it's. So uh, listen, if you're thinking about getting a cat. Yeah. This don't. discussion, yeah, don't. <laughs> it's been ten years of hell. No, I love Clyde, and I gave him a lot of. I love know you yesterday. love him. You can still love him, but also yeah. be put out. You can love you. You love yes. me, and you're still put out by me most of the time. I would put you out at night every night too. I would, I would put a collar on you. Okay, Scott. Good luck, and then uh, you'd come in hungry in the morning. All right. So paint the scene. You're yes. in San Diego. Yeah, and you're, you stayed at a hotel. You weren't very close to the con. No, which sucked, and I we really realize that we can't do that anymore every year it feels like we've been uh, you don't have a choice though they pick for you right well, it's a lottery no, just i know like and i think the the challenge is we always try to put all of us together in a hotel and you know the 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 ep army is sometimes nine sometimes 12 people down so who was things. there brianna was there miriam was there Mary, jose was there you got it uh, uh, jason, jason fairbrother who's yeah. our, our san francisco shooter. enzo beautiful enzo beautiful enzo was shooting and uh and joel from uh, los angeles who works with Mary was beautiful also there. Beautiful Joel. We also call and, him Beautiful and, Joel. And Beautiful Me was there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it was super fun. We got to hang out a little bit. But we had late shoots every day. We only had three cameras. We didn't have four cameras, if you notice in that equation. So that meant that I got a lot of time. Um, because last year I wasn't there because Ruby had just been born. So I, I didn't want to travel as much. Um, so they figured out how to do Comic-Con without me doing any interviews. So this year I didn't do a lot of interviews. I did uh, the Superman 75 years red carpet, and then I went to the uh, uh, Batman, Beware the Batman animated red carpet and talked to those folks. And uh, uh, I did a couple of other things too. Um, but I wasn't shooting all the time. So that gave me time to walk around, explore, hunt, and, and uh, look around for uh, action figures that I wanted well, to buy. Well, you didn't have buy. to have on your shooting face. Like no. That face that people see on TV all the time, the... Welcome to EP Daily. Today on the show, that face, you don't have to have that on wherever That is my you face. Go. What are you saying? But there's you, no, there's I've no seen shooting you off face. camera. No, I was walking around and I was meeting folks. I actually had some impromptu meetings for, for, uh, for people that were uh, just happened to be in San Diego. So that was awesome. One of the coolest things that happened was I met uh, uh, Evangeline Lilly, who I hadn't really seen since I ran into her once at LAX. And we had just been able to say, hi, how you doing, everybody? But this time I actually got a nice five or ten minutes with her. Uh, so what she, was she doing there? Was she she has something? a children's book because she's got a baby now and she's really kind of focusing on writing. Who's her husband? Uh, she's married to a Hawaiian guy. Who, is he, he's, he, uh, he's is a he better looking than and, me? Pardon me? Is he better looking than me? Absolutely. Shit. Have you seen Evangeline Lilly? She's pretty good looking. She's pretty good looking. Pretty no, good he, looking. I, I don't know. Pretty I haven't met her husband. but yeah. uh, I'm sure he's handsome. They have a baby and uh, she has kind of shifted her focus. She was always kind of... Uh, ambivalent about all of the acting stuff and the business around celebrity anyways but I think what's happened is her priorities have changed and now she's writing and she's uh, very much in the Weta community because she's one of the actors in The Hobbit I guess if if Peter Jackson comes calling you will act so he's so she's, she's doing Hobbit? that what is she doing in The Hobbit she's an elf in The Hobbit they wrote a special part just for her so she'll be in the new uh, because that's what The Smog. Hobbit needs is more creatures that aren't in the original well book. we need you know what we need is more but, female but roles on. We need more female roles, powerful female roles, and that's absolutely up her alley. Okay. But anyways, I got to, I got time to talk to her about her book, um, and I bought a book, and she signed it. Did you we, read this book? Is it any I, good? It's called The Squiggle Wonkers. I haven't the read Squiggle it yet. The Squiggle Wonkers. But the art is huh. from an artist from Weta, and the, it's beautiful, and she was so nice, and we got to kind of reminisce about... Uh, her working on EP and Judgment Day and how she was embarrassed to be on the show and I was embarrassed that I hired her to be a, a hardware girl because <laughs> it wasn't it was such a slight kind of role for uh, you know a person that I saw immediately had a lot more talent and a lot more to give than just you know represent the comedic aspect of showing off these video game hardware pieces and I, I when I auditioned her I felt embarrassed and i said that to her i was like this is and, and she knew it too i was like okay so we're gonna get you to wear these crazy t-shirts that have slogans on them and you're gonna be you know like kind of the vanna white with these things yep and she was never like this wasn't the the height of anything for her but what she did say is that she had fun and it helped to pay for her tuition which was which was what she needed and it also gave her a break in the business and that's what she wrote in the uh, in the signature in the book which was really sweet but it was just awesome to reconnect i'm so incredibly proud of her 
and she's just as charming and nice and wonderful as she was the day that I met her. She know? might not have had this career if you hadn't done what you'd done. I don't know, man. I think, uh, you know, she was destined for greatness. I remember taking her to a party uh, that my video game friends at Black Box, who had just sold to EA back then, uh, they had it on a boat, and I took Evangeline to the party, and uh, she stopped everything. It was like the record stopped when we went into the party together. It was like, and everybody craned their necks, and like, who the hell is that? Yeah. You know, I mean, she, yeah. really, she really stood out, and mm -hmm. part of why she stands out is that she's authentic. She's not, uh, you know, sort of manufactured in Hollywood. There's, there's a... There's a, a, an earthiness and a grittiness and a truthfulness, and that's what J.J. Abrams tapped into and all the team behind Lost. They saw it. And look at the, the work that she has done. She's just, I mean, I, and I talked to her about Real Steel and how she loved that movie. And that's I the only that movie I've ever seen her in. But she, she, you saw Lost, though, right? Did you ever watch the Lost I never show? watched Lost. Oh, no. man, she's great in it. And she, I, Marcy, my, my wife and I were watching the show all the way along and every week we would be just like holy crap look at how good of an actor Evangeline is we had no idea she was so talented mm -hmm. and uh, I think she's deserved every ounce of success that she has and that you know what the coolest part of that is that she's remains a terrific person so she's got a children's book and yep. uh, she signed a very sweet uh, signing a uh, little note to Ruby yep and uh, and that's a nice moment. Yeah, that was that, that so was one of my that's favorite your heartwarming moments. moment. Absolutely, from, and then uh, I think the other the, my other favorite moments were uh, um, one of the cool things that I did. I didn't shoot anything because it was a print and web uh, press conference for Warner Brothers. Did a lot of stuff with Warner Brothers this, the, uh, over the weekend at Comic Con. But I was uh, at this press conference, and a bunch of the movies that Warner Brothers has got coming up, um, all actors and directors took the stage and, and took questions from us. First one up was Alfonso Cuaron and uh, Sandra Bullock talking about gravity. And I love Children of Men. It's one of my favorite films of all time. So I was, even you know, Sandra Bullock's one of the biggest stars in the world, but I was just, like completely beside myself that Cuaron was up there and he was answering questions about gravity. And uh, so I was asking about the technical sort of implications of shooting in 3D. And in fact, he shot in 2D. and and talked all about uh, being in so the little So you were getting stage. up and asking questions? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to keep the conversation rolling and I was genuinely curious about all of this stuff. And, and uh, so that was rad. Uh, and then later on, um, the cast of 300 came up and Ava Green, uh, Ava Green took the stage who uh, played Vesper Lynn in Casino Royale. And that, that is absolutely my favorite uh, female character in any of the Bond films. And I think, think that movie think is- she's got a husband? Eva Green? Yeah. Probably. You want to try to get in there? I didn't get her phone number. But mm. I did get a picture. I did have the guts to go up afterwards and, and ask her for a That a is photograph. gutsy. I saw that photo. Because I'm not, I, I never take the celebrity things. I always feel like I get a lot of interviews with these people and, and, and that's a good enough, uh, you know, archive of these moments. And well, I, I, I usually think, never ask for the I photos, but I didn't want to pass that up, man. I saw that photo of the two of you together and it's a very res respectful photo because uh, you didn't like put your arm around her or anything. You didn't make like a devil horns. <laughs> you like stood, you were, there's almost like a three inch. Look, she, cushion she, between the two of she you. She is a gorgeous woman, no question, but I, I'm yeah. a bigger fan of her as a person and as an actor than anything. I think that she just, like, she tears it up, man. Remember that Dark Shadows movie? And she was better than Johnny Depp. She was the best thing in that damn movie. Everything she's in, she over-delivers. And I think she's not used enough. I, I think that people don't recognize what an unbelievable talent she is. She made us care about Daniel Craig. You know, she made us believe in that character as a human being. And then at the end, she fucked us. Yes, she did. But that still, amazing, remarkable she work. She fucked us over. And she's, a, you know, she was really nice in person. And then Jeff Bridges came on set on stage with uh, Seventh Son. Now, you guys are pretty close in the photo I saw. You're Dude. really, there's no cushion between the two of you there. What did he smell like? Tobacco, I uh, imagine. He, was, he smelled very clean. And country songs? Very, very clean. Clean, as tobacco. As nice a human being as you could possibly get. Yeah, he seems guess. very nice. The, uh, the last question I asked him, because, you know, we were talking about Seventh Son all the way through, and... It was tough because there was about four or five cast members on there. Kit Harrington is one of the cast members, and um, the the director is Russian, so he had a Russian accent, and mm -hmm. he also had a bit of a stammer. So it was taking a little bit of a time, a little bit of time to kind of get to stuff. And um, it, you know, I, I just wanted to sort of 
ended on a positive thing and I asked the last question I just told Jeff that we all love him and we, he does incredible work and I asked him what his favorite memory on set was and he told he gave this hilarious story about uh, uh, t having to take steroids because he was really sick one day on set and he was all sort of high on steroids and being crazy in the performance and going a mile a minute and having a totally skewed thing and he shot a lot of the movie in Vancouver and in Alberta and he always takes photographs and he put a whole uh, uh, he's going to have a whole photo book around the production of the film next year when it comes out. Uh, but then he left the stage, and I went up to him and shook his hand and asked if he would take a photo, and he was incredibly Balls. gracious. Very well, ballsy. Listen, I mean, you I, think I don't. He's got a, a hot wife. I think he has a beautiful wife, and I think the the story around him and his wife is they've been together for like fifty years. Oh, that's beautiful. And they and she has, uh, you know, been the support you know, through all of the ups and downs that he has had in his career. And, he, you know, he's had a really incredible career. And I, I want him to be in better movies. I really hope that The Seventh Son is... Uh, yeah, R.I.P.D. Seventh Sign. R.I.P.D. didn't... We didn't see it. No. We were going to try to see it, and then Comic we lost happened. all momentum. Well, we, what happened is the screening didn't take place until the Thursday before it came out, so timeliness became... Uh, and that's what they do with shit movies. Yeah, it became they release yeah. them the night before. They screen them the night before they. And hit I was theaters. already on the way to Comic Con, so I, yeah. I mean, I, I actually thought about sneaking in to try to get a, a screening in while I was at Comic Con, but that would have been difficult and kind of nuts to be in the theater. And I heard the that you also partied with Henry Cavill. I went to uh, yeah. This was another Warner Brothers event. Uh, it was this. They had a DC and Warner Brothers had the celebrating seventy five years of mm -hmm. Superman. What was that uh, like? That was. Amazing. Paint the scene for me. The first person in the in the room, the first recognizable celebrity in the room, is Kevin Bacon. So that's how mm -hmm. your night starts when mm -hmm. uh, you know the seven degrees of separation. That's right. Uh, K Bakes. He yep. comes in. K Bakes comes in by himself and mm -hmm. just you know walks around. He grabs a hey, grabs a drink and just sort of mingles. Yeah. Uh, but then comic, uh, you know, kings and legends like uh, Dan DiDio and uh, Carrot Top, Jim, yep. Jim Lee. Carrot Top was not there. I think he was partying with you on the weekend. We had. Uh, uh, Jeff Johns was there, and um, oh, uh, the guy Vince Gilligan, who runs Breaking Bad, was there. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, Zack Snyder was there. I got mm -hmm. to talk to him for a few seconds. But I worked the uh, the carpet and did some interviews with a bunch of celebrities. Uh, the camera was late, though. Joel was shooting at a different event, so it took a while before he got there. But I did manage to get Henry Cavill and Come on, Scott Joel. Porter. Well, he was, he was covering the Vikings line, which I heard was pretty fantastic. But Yvonne Strahovski, who just had an, a, a killer run on Dexter, and she was in Chuck. She was there. She was super nice. Um, but Henry Cavill was a total sweetheart. I got to also talk to the kid that uh, played the young Clark Kent. They were taking photographs together and kind of, you know, celebrating the win and the success of, of the Man of Steel. This was, of course, the night before the Warner Brothers big press conference in Hall H where they announced Man of Steel 2 and Zack Snyder came out and said mm. that Batman's going to be a part of it. So mm. Henry Cavill was very coy and wouldn't reveal uh, any details about what was going to be in the sequel. In fact, he said to me and to other people that if there were to be another sequel, it would be very fun. That sounded a little bit more like uh, Peter Sellers. If there were to be another <laughs> sequel. Uh, but, uh, you know, Hercules was on set, Kevin, or on the carpet. That was Kevin Sorbo. I, uh, Ray Park was out there. Um, there was a bunch but of... That's B and C list there were There were B and C and A. Kevin I mean, that, Sorbo and Ray Park. But you on. know what? It was cool, though. It was a nice mingling of people, you know... Um, it was just a nice assortment, and and I was able to ask people about their thoughts about comic book movies and the and Superman celebrating seventy five years, and uh, you know, ask people what they thought of the Man of Steel, and got some very honest answers. Uh, so that was super fun. And then the other amazing thing that happened, also with Warner Brothers, is I got to uh, moderate the Arkham Origins panel, and that was with uh, Troy Baker, who uh, is playing the Joker in the game, and he mm. just came off of. Uh, Playing Joel in The Last of Us mm -hmm. and Booker in uh, in Bioshock Booker, Infinite, that's right. having the most incredible year any voice actor has, I think. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Roger Craig Smith, I think I talked about going to do this last week. Yes. Uh, did. Jeff Johns was there. Uh, yes. Awesome guy. And then of course my my good buddy Eric Holmes was there. And Mark Pacini, who was the game director on Metroid Prime, dude, all three of those Metroid Prime games, and wow. he was. It was an honor to meet that guy. Very humble. Made like one of the best series ever. 
We have to have him on the on the podcast. I'm absolutely well. Good at it. We'll see. We're pretty booked. Okay. <laughs> well, he was he was very humble and and charming, and they're working on the 2D uh, uh, Arkham Origins Blackgate game for the Vita and the 3DS, which is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be an old Retrovania type uh, experience or an, you know, an old Metroid type of game where you're going to be able to run around all over the place and unlock cool things. But the panel was great. There was 2,100 people there. I was bouncing back and forth between every uh, everybody that was on stage. We got to see some of the new skins. We got to see a little bit of uh, uh, some new character reveals and then got to throw out to some uh, questions from the audience and gave away some prizes and stuff. And, what were the prizes? Anything good? Uh, there was like this... this um, database this Ar- this Arkham database thing what do they call it the uh, uh, dossier for uh, Batman Arkham uh, with was all it on kinds a floppy of disk they, no it was like in a suitcase type thing gave one of those away and there were a bunch of lithographs did you try to grab it and run out of there no no I, sh- I should have they said there was a nice gift on the way for me so maybe I'm getting one oh, of those or something wow. but it was just dude it was just an honor man and people really enjoy the game and, and it was packed packed and I was nervous, but it was so fun. And I was really, really grateful to everybody to be able to do that. And I got to hang out with all those guys for a big chunk of the morning. I have yeah. to ask you a question, and please, yes. you have to answer honestly. Yes. Did you miss me? I did. Yeah, I was alone for a big chunk of time, and it would have been great to have you there. Absolutely. But even at E3, we were together, and you spent a lot of it alone. Yeah. Well, because you were shooting. I, you know, I mean, really what it is is that there's an odd... We don't have another camera for every host... And so, uh, and I need work. Well, uh, you know, I'm in the show a lot with the rundown and the hosting and all that stuff. So I get it. I mean, the uh, the field stuff is really the responsibility of of our other hosts. That's that's their that's their domain now. You know, yes. uh, it's not up to me to be doing every interview and stuff. But I have to tell you, I mean, I really enjoy that, and and uh, you know, I love doing the interviews and stuff that we have on the podcast. I love doing the hosting. It, for the panel as well, I, f- I feel like I'm in my element with this. I know I've known and had the luxury and the pleasure and the um, and and you know the great fortune to have met a lot of people across all of these different art forms and disciplines. And Comic Con is where you get to go and talk about it all. You yeah, know? like yeah. meeting the new Batman on Beware the Batman was amazing. This is a guy that's never done animation before. He's only done uh, his name is Anthony. I'm going to butcher his last name. He's a new guy, but he was Take really a shot. nice. Make a run at Ruyu, it. Ruyu, I, f- I forget. I forget his last name. It, but he's a terrible. super sweet guy. Um, and the other guy that that I met there was uh, JB. Uh, he, I forget his last name, too. But he's an he's an, a voice actor um, extraordinaire. He's usually in video games. Mm-hmm. And Andrea Romano, the, uh, the legend of voice direction, at uh, Warner Brothers Animation cast these two newbies into the world. So he's the new Alfred, JB is, and Anthony is uh, the new Batman. And it was just a blast to to Mm. sit there and have some some really good time with those guys. Well, we missed you around here last week. It was very quiet around the office. In fact, I had to shoot EP by myself a couple days last week, and it was funny being in the studio just solo. Yeah. And uh, very, very very quiet around here. So I'm glad you're back. And uh, I, I would like to... Uh, shift gears a little bit now. Yes. And talk about something that everyone is waiting for us to talk about, and that is, of course, the the royal baby. Yeah, the royal baby. The royal uh, baby is out. Yes. Uh, what's his name? Electro. George. Electro. Is it Electro? Is I that think, what they went with? Yeah, Electro. Right. Uh, the royal baby. I, I, I think I Jamie Foxx is playing the royal baby. <laughs> is he? Yeah. Isn't, isn't it? I don't think or so. Maybe I got I have the news mixed up here. I think or you're something. confused. So the royal okay. baby is out. It's it's a big deal here in Canada. Everyone, right. it's a big deal everywhere. There's right. there's it's been the headline. Well, I guess ha- the slow news cycle it, right it, now. And it's too. happy news, man. We need happy news. We have a train derails. Uh, yeah, what's with all the trains blowing know. up and what's going happening? off rails? Is people trains forgot are supposed how to, drive to be a trains? I know trains they, are like, easy. You go one way and then you go the other way. They what have the a road already mapped out for you. Yes, call the track. Just stay on the track. It's unbelievable. More tragic train news. And I feel terrible for all the people that because you get on a train you're like oh fuck nothing bad is i mean honestly now everybody getting on every train whether it's the subway in new york or whatever is like what what's happening here you know oh man i used to always feel paranoid on the subway in new york i used to always know where the exits were yeah and then i uh you know i had i always had my survival kit with me you never know when you're gonna have to get out and go through those tunnels you know what we need what's that superheroes we need superheroes. We need you real, mean real superheroes. Super- we need Superman to swoop in and put that train back. I wish we, sh- I, I wish we actually had stuff like that sometimes. We just saw our, our superhero of the week 
The Wolverine, and the review's going to air. So what did you think? Well, it was all right. I didn't have, like, the greatest time. You know, the problem is we saw two movies on this day, and we saw a movie in the morning and a movie at night, and listen, we are living the dream life here. The movie we saw in the morning was uh, Two Guns, starring Mark Wahlberg and Denzel Washington. That comes out next week, so we can't talk about it too much. But I'm just going to say I had a great time. Yes. And I didn't expect to have any fun at all. Which is always And it was fucking great. Yeah, when you walk in with no expectations or low expectations and you walk out, with a smile on your face sexy smart like i just i had had such a great time in that movie and so going into the wolverine i'd already seen one pretty it's hard to see multiple movies in one day i'd already seen one movie that i really enjoyed and so the bar was pretty high and uh, the wolverine gets off to a good start we talk about this in our review yeah it's a cool looking unique superhero movie but i have i have a an admission to make here uh uh-oh are you a hermaphrodite? Little, I'm getting a little bit burnt out on superhero movies. Well, it's the same story. I mean, and this is the thing. Like, it's the same beat. And I'm telling yeah. you, this is a new phenomenon. Yeah. And, and it is happy. We're seeing the same scene in movie after movie. I know. And, we, and we saw the scene last night where he goes in, he's interrogating a guy. The guy doesn't give him what he wants, and it's the quick punch to the face. I feel like every movie this summer has that same scene in it. Well, and every superhero has, uh, you know, the hero is a small fry next to this giant kind of lumbering beast of something you know whether it's the uh, the giant that man of steel has to face off against or whether it's iron monger with iron man and in this case it is the silver, silver samurai silver samurai what with, is the history of that character well I, I don't really know i have to be you know honest i never really read the uh, the miller and claremont stuff i've got it i've looked through it but i haven't sat down to steep in it and soak it's it all your up to read pile yeah yes. and it's in my to read pile and I, I uh i you know i loved that there was an effort to really feel like the subject matter. It felt like we were flipping through comic pages when we were watching this movie. You know, everything was hyper bright and uh, it looked like the whole screen was kind of used for the action. It wasn't all center frame stuff. It was, uh, there was a lot of really cool bits that were taking place in the corners of screens. And I liked seeing, uh, you know, the pain of the Wolverine and Hugh Jackman's face. And I, one of the things that I kind of recognize about the, the way that he plays that character, he could be much more throwaway in the hands of a lesser actor, but he actually makes us care about the Wolverine more than Christian Bale does about Bruce Wayne and, and the Batman. You know? Well, you can tell that that Bale. I mean, I think Bale has some disdain for the Batman character. I think you can see it in it's his like face. It's like it's beneath him or something. It's beneath him. Yeah. yeah. And and Hugh Jackman, he's just trying to give the best performance he can give. But I I don't ever feel like there's any real growth with the Wolverine. Well, I, I don't know all the movies. I'm not going to pretend that I do. And but I you know again I go into a movie. We're going through three acts. Is this character any different at the end than he was at the beginning? And I'm not sure. He's really. He's kind of just still yeah, the Wolverine. Yeah, and that's one of know? the issues that I have with Wolverine. He's he doesn't hover near the top of my character lists in the comic book sphere. He is very cool. I mean, just the concept of an adamantium-infused dude with claws is amazing. And, you know, he says Bob and he's Canadian and all that. I love all of that stuff, but... I just don't think that he's as fun to watch as Tony Stark is, you know, or Peter Not Parker moment to is. moment, for sure. You know, or even, you know. E- even the uh, a duality of Clark Kent and Superman, I think there's more there than... I, I mean, the coolest stuff about Wolverine is that he's kind of like Forrest Gump with a shitty attitude. Like, he's all, he just lives through time. He's an immortal guy, and yep. he, he ends up... Uh, you know, in battle scenes and in war. And, he, you know, it starts off in the Wild West pretty much with this guy because he's lived forever and the bone claws and then he gets all of the the Weapon X stuff, you know, wrapped into him. Like, there, there is a cool backstory there. The And the, the samurai code that he develops through his trips to Japan, all of that stuff is kind of interesting for sure. I just, I feel like at mm. the end of the day, he just gets angry and stabs people, you know? Like, right. that's what he does. No matter how crazy the world around him is, when you boil down what, what Wolverine does, he gets angry and he stabs you. But I think also, like, my yardstick for measuring the appeal of any superhero is how much I can relate to his or her plight. And, yeah. you know, I think of, you know, you just said something about the Wolverine. He gets mad and he stabs people. And, of course, I go, I think of the Hulk. Yeah, and, and that's more it, interesting. And it's more interesting yes, because I, I can I, relate to the anger of and the And it's Hulk. more primal. It's simpler. Yeah, you know, he's and, a better character. But just especially in movies, you know, like I've loved the Wolverine 
in X-Men 1 and X-2. And, you know, obviously the, he was the best thing about X-3, which wasn't very good. And I loved his cameo in First Class. But as a standalone cinematic lead, I think the most fascinating things about this new The Wolverine is the fact that he's a fish out of water and that they try to just surround him with non-mutants and human characters that have really cool abilities. They're either ninjas or, you know, they're Yakuza with awesome fighting skills or whatever. Great so those, tattoos. Those, yeah, yeah that, that stuff was all really cool. But then when they throw in some non-X-Men caliber mutants into this thing, it kind of deflates a little bit. And it feels like it's trying to go back to uh, be a comic book movie but it's not the same level as Brian Singer's first two X-Men movies or, or Matthew Vaughn's first class. You well, know? I was talking this morning with Clayton McDonald. Is that his last name? Yes, Clayton McDonald, yeah. He's, uh, he's one of the onliners. Is it offlining or onlining? He's an onliner. He's yeah. an online producer here at the, at the, at the operation. Online editor. Online editor. Yeah. And uh, he went to, he went to the screening with us last years. night. years. He's still trying to get to know everybody. I like Clayton a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we were talking about the, the sort of the way that the camera was very careful about shooting around the violence in the movie. Right. And, and, you know, I thought this was going to be and he reminded me of the fact that I went into this movie thinking this is going to be some extreme version of Wolverine. We're going to see like an R rated dirty version. We're no. going to see I limbs flying everywhere. Kids and it's that love this character. And it's always like we just cut away. We see like his hand go into a stomach and then a guy falls over. And, and, you know, at one point there's a bear walking through the woods and, and Clayton, and this is all Clayton. I'm just giving him credit for this. He said, I feel like this, this character in this movie was too Disney-fied. He said, I half expected that bear to stand up and start singing and dancing mm-hmm. <laughs> at one point. And it is kind of true. Like Disney has taken control of all of these characters. They own all the Marvel properties now and they do kind of have to be careful with what they do with no, these guys. I don't think it's got anything to but do I, with I, Disney. But I wanted to see, I, I guess, I guess again, that's the thing. Like I wanted to see something that, uh, you Just wanted to see like uh, Wolverine Unleashed. You know, I remember I, I saw an, up crime. I saw an what adver- was that one. I saw an advertisement for this movie, and it just said. This is the Wolverine movie you've been waiting for. One, I haven't been waiting for any Wolverine movie, so I was surprised yeah. to hear that news. But and two, I thought if I was going to wait for a Wolverine movie, I wanted to see something, something you know, Did just you bigger see and Wolverine more epic. Origins. I don't know. Did a lot you of make me see hate it? That one. I don't know. Maybe I might have seen it, and I'm just having. I, I didn't hate that one. I didn't like what they did with Deadpool. But I'm, I, you know, again, I'm still kind of finding my way through the Marvel universe. I grew up with the DC stuff, so I, I don't have these, you know, really hardline political leanings or, or emotional leanings on every single. Uh, you know, character trait and every decision that they make with these things. I also didn't hate X3. I mean, they're not the, my favorite superhero movies at all. I also didn't hate the dead, uh, the Daredevil movie. I'm just surprised you keep finding ways to draw me into conversations about things I don't know anything about. <laughs> Next week on the show, we're going to fucking talk about jazz records. You know nothing Skeep about it up, jazz boop, records. I don't know anything about jazz. I either. know more about jazz records than you do. I love mm, jazz, but the uh, maybe not. Um, I was I was definitely entertained, and I really liked Mangold's kind of slant and skew of uh, you know the Japanese kind of vibe. You I really what? I loved running through Listen, the Japanese streets. That it was just cool. feels like it's a it's kind of a tired movie, and it's kind of a tired summer. Like it's been a tired summer for movies. It certainly didn't have the lift. Where's the that fucking Elan? You know, I, Iron Man Three is still my favorite. Where's movie the Joie here. de Vivre? You right. know, where where is it? Where well, where Robert is Danny it? Robert Downey Jr.'s got it all, man. Not really. There's no room for anybody else. He took it all. He sucked it all out of the room. He didn't. No. I, I, I don't know where. I don't know where it is. I don't know where the energy is. But this has been a sluggish summer at the movies, well, with the exception of Two Guns and maybe Despicable Me Too. And Iron Man Three. That was a blast. That was my favorite summer movie so nah. far. And we'll see. I think Elysium's nah. going to be amazing. But you know what? I, you know that Spielberg and Lucas quote about these tent poles not performing is starting to ring in my ears. You know, not and performing. It, Everything is underperforming. And, and honestly, like Disney and Marvel threw down at Comic Con with their news. They threw down with the Superman Batman hookup in 2015. That's going to be huge, huge. Just in terms of cost, in terms of marketing, in terms of expectation. It's another tent pole, though. Well, it, it, is it? I mean, that's that's going to be the question. Might and Star work. Wars will come out then, and Avengers uh, 2 comes out then. Uh, are we, you know, are, are these things going to hit like we're expecting them to? And then Star Trek 3 is coming out in 2016. I think almost everything is underperformed this summer. I, the last I checked, Pacific Rim... Uh, 
was still behind Grown Ups 2 at 68.3 yeah. million dollars. Grown Ups 2 79.4 million dollars. I, I think Pacific Rim is going to have some pretty good legs though. I think it's going to be one of those those movies maybe it doesn't get a sequel, maybe there there isn't more to it. I you know, I kind of would wouldn't mind a, a TV show. I don't even know if that's feasible, but it would be kind of cool to like track these fights almost like a like an MMA thing every week there would be a new battle between these giants sounds so boring i think it'd be so fun but um i think we you know it might be elysium that takes it all for us man at least emotionally i don't know if financially it's going to be the big winner matt damon's pretty good bank though yeah i'm putting all my money for summer on elysium and let it ride yeah, we'll matt, see what happens yeah i'm really excited about that yeah i'm a little worried because we've seen a couple trailers for elysium and i feel like they give everything away mm-hmm. in the trailer Fuck you, trailers. They I give know. Everything trailers away. are the worst. The, I mean, come what on. What the hell? What happened to the age of mystery? I know. When we just got a little tease, yeah. a little tease here and there, you know? Let's go back to the royal baby for a little bit. Okay, all I right. Electro. I'm just kidding. Electro Windsor. I don't have I anything him. to offer on them. <laughs> are you playing Animal Crossing New Leaf? Uh, no, What'd I did you play on the road? I didn't play it. You know what? Kingdom Rush is sucking me back in, man. I'm trying to do every damn thing Frontiers, again. Frontiers? Are you going back to the no, other No, I'm one? playing Frontiers. I'm trying to play the hard level. I'm trying to not spend. Because you can kind of cheat in that game where you buy the extra uh, gold and the extra, uh, you know, the nuclear, the, the, the bomb that blows everything up on And you got to wake up bomb. in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror and you yeah, know what you did. You know what you did. You know what you, you did. You cheater. That's right. You know, <laughs> I, I find that if you uh, rack up the arrow towers, you do as uh, do very well. Very interesting. You just, you know, level just up. level I, them up. I always well, go the, for the bombs, the bomb towers. Bomb Maybe towers are great. And I love the one that, uh, the concussive thing that, that creates the, the, the lava level. ripples. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah. But I, I love the the arrow towers. Uh, I just like, see, and then you get the, you, up, you upgrade every single one with the, uh, the super fast uh, sort of addition in there. You know, where the, it's almost like a machine gun pellet coming out. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. But you okay. know what? I, I have to, uh, I've got to run, man. I've got to go pick up some horseradish. What do you mean? We're doing a show. Well, we've got the, uh, the corned beef is cooking, man. So I want to go get the, the you got, horseradish. She, your mom and, made the corned beef last week. Well, it's a good summer treat, man. So I'm just going to go to the store. What are you going to uh, get? You, you just man man the booth. The, You're getting horseradish? Yeah, the horseradish. And there's the other ingredient, the pickles. Yeah, she always loves the pickles. Horseradish and pickles, yeah, boy. Yeah, you know, summer. It's summertime, summertime treat, right? I don't understand. Most the, people have fireworks this, and, and lemonade and watermelon. No, no, you yeah, guys hot, have pickles and corned beef yeah, and, and hot cocoa with a little vodka. It's very it's strange. Summer, Lucas family. It's, All right. It's summer in the Lucas Just sit household. here for a little right. while. So just okay. hang, I'll see you. Hang in the booth. All right. And, uh, Maybe I'll look at some. Can I look at the hustler? Yeah. yeah. You hand me that hustler before All right, I go. There you go. I'll, I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> Must be Vic forgot something. I'll get the door. Holy shit. It's Josh Blacker. Come on in, Josh. Come on in. Sit down. Oh, my God. It's Josh Blacker. I can't believe you actually came to the basement. We invited you a long time ago, and we just thought you were snubbing us, and you were never going to come see us. And here you are, and Vic has stepped out. He no. just ran, Yeah, he just stepped out for a little bit. He had to run to the corner and pick up some things, some summertime treats, pickles and horseradish. I, I, I don't understand the Lucas family or why they eat the things that they eat. But uh, but welcome. Sit down. Yeah, Make yourself okay. comfortable. If I yeah. lived in this basement, I would probably try to get out as much as possible as well. It's, he could have just looked under the couch for some pickles. <laughs> there probably are some pickles. That's where we age them. Yeah, no the kidding. It, it adds a nice aroma. Yeah. So uh, so what's 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 new? What's happening in your life? What's going on? you got a big movie coming up pretty quickly here. Yeah, I love talking to people. They say, your movie's coming out. And I was like, well, yeah, it's not really my movie. It's Neil Blomkamp's movie, who is... Awesome, as everybody knows who's seen District 9. I mean, it's just an amazing movie. Right. Uh, it might also be Matt Damon's movie and Jodie Foster's movie. And I sort of. I'm giving it, it be, to you, though. Yeah, I this appreciate it. I have, I have a really great role in it. I, I play, uh, I have a supporting role. I play one of the mercenaries, one of the South African mercenaries, Shalto Copley, who is in him. District 9 yeah. playing Vickus. An amazing role. Um, plays a completely different character in this. He is a badass mercenary. We based ourselves on the uh, 32nd Battalion, which is a South African mercenary mm-hmm. group, that eventually ended up becoming the, 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 the forerunners to Blackwater. Mm-hmm. So we, we sort of got together, we did training, worked together on this. We played- You trained with Charlto? Yeah. You guys trained, you got we to We did weapons training, training. Oh, we did really? sort of logistical sort of military tactics and training. We spent a whole day doing that and to bond us as a team, right? Because we were supposed to have worked together for 
30, 40 right, years. Right, there's history there. Exactly. Yeah. And so we play mercenaries that are basically based on Earth and are hired. We're rogue mercenaries hired to protect Elysium by Jodie Foster. Wow. Yeah. And you look like you, you can't see us through the podcast because that's one of the limitations of the mm. podcast, but you look, you're like a badass. Like, this is what you're, you look like. Is this how you go around normally, or is this still leftover badassitude from yeah. the movie role? It's a little bit of both. Yeah. I think uh, once you start playing badasses, then you sort of start having to st- every every time I play a badass they're like no you must stay like this and they're great are you kidding me it's so much fun yeah. I get to walk around in my daily life and I'm pretty chill in my day to day life because I go to work and I kick ass and take names it's amazing so you've done some other roles since then obviously you probably shot this a year ago I know how this is how Hollywood works it takes totally. a long time to do these things yeah. and so what has happened to you in the ensuing year since you finished your, your camera stuff for uh, for Elysium well I mean a lot of stuff I've, I actually lost about 15 pounds I put on 20 pounds to play my role in uh, Elysium. Yeah, you look great. You know, I was looking at your, your IMDb listing mm. before this, and I did a little research, and you actually played a character that was described as heavyset guy. That was so funny. And that I was, just, yeah. I'm just like, I, I didn't know what to expect when I saw you. I'm like, did he gain a lot of weight? Did he lose a lot of weight? But you, you I mean, you're, you're super ripped. Well, that role, that was on a, that was on a, um, on a Seagal film. Oh, really? Straight to DVD. Yeah, I played an I auditioned for it, and they wanted a like a heavier set guy. I got it. I was like, way skinnier back then. Did you have to put on like one of those fat suits? No, like the they clumps? just said, "Listen, you got the role," but they never changed. You know, they don't care about me, so they just kept it as heavy set guy. <laughs> right. This is one of the first things I ever did. So people look at that, and then I think one of my first credits on my IMDb is. Um, sexual affairs or something like that it's mm. not even my film oh, i was really? never in it <laughs> and so people think i went from porn to being fat to being a kick-ass dude on sci-fi so your career has even you, your fake career according to imdb which isn't your you know it sounds like you've had a rich and varied career so far it's, I've been very blessed. I've got to play a lot of, I mean, obviously, I was born in South Africa to Welsh and Irish parents, and I got to play a, a, a British uh, secret operative. I got to play a South African mercenary. Um, I got to play a Russian. So, you know, I get to play a really diverse role uh, within that sort of badass, kicking ass and taking names kind of genre. Uh, and I enjoy it. I really do enjoy it. Um, since we filmed Elysium, um, I did The Transporter. I did, a, I did a guest spot on The Transporter. Oh, really? The, the series, the HBO series. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And everybody always tells me, tells me I look like Jason Statham, so I thought it was I was going to say that. Yeah. You're one of those guys, you're like Willis and Statham, who like you can shave your head and you look amazing. Yeah. And Vic and I, if we weren't wearing these incredible toupees, we <laughs> we would look like some aliens that the ship just never picked us up. But you you look great with the, the head shaved and everything like that. Well, I tell you what, you get out of the basement, you get some sun on the old scalp. Yes. And it, uh, you know, everybody looks better with a tan, right? Especially a shaved head. Right, yeah. right. And the best part is, Nobody can tell if I'm graying or not because they can't tell the hair. Right, it's that, awesome. Yeah, so you were, you got a little, you had a role on the transporter. Yeah, I did that, and then um, then things have been, uh, you know, relatively quiet in my world. I've been, I started a production company with a friend of mine. We, uh, we want to make movies, so we we had this great idea for a script where we wanted to tell the story of a soldier coming back from war who suffering from PTSD and mm-hmm. uh, ultimately goes down the life of crime and becomes um, sort of a hitman of sorts because. We've sort of soldiers come back, and the amount of trauma they undergo, uh, we, they, we don't exactly treat them well when they come back. Right. And so we had this great idea for a script. Would have cost too much money to make, so we, we wrote another film and just finished wrapping that and uh, post production on that. So we're in, I'm in the process of trying to sell that film, get a distributor, and get mm-hmm. into various festivals. So that's been sort of the last six months of my. Uh, of my life. So you're taking control of your career. You're not waiting for around sure. for the phone to ring. Is this something that actors have to do these days? Do you have to be more proactive about starting your own production companies, about building your own brand, about getting your name out there? I think, yeah, if, if you want a level of success that is going to allow you to subsist on acting or, or sort of in the business part of show business alone, because it is a business ultimately. And I mean, I love it. For me, I get to go play. But you've also, I want to tell stories and I want to, and I want to advance uh, my career as much as possible. And part of, the, part of that is making movies and writing scripts mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and getting together with good people. Uh, even guys like Brad Pitt and Matt Damon, they have their own production companies, and they'll find good scripts, and they'll make sure that these movies are made. I mean, World War Z mm-hmm. was Brad Pitt's uh, Plan B uh, right. production company. I think right. yeah. he sort of got the script and was the book yeah. and said, let's do this. Yeah. So yeah. did you uh, did you actually get to uh, 
I've heard that Matt Damon is a, is a total jerk. No, I'm just kidding. I'm he's an unreal jerk. Really it's nice. unbelievable. He doesn't listen to the podcast, does he? <laughs> yeah, no, so. he's he's an awesome dude. We got to spend a lot of time together on set. Yeah, I mean, did you have any fights with him? I do actually. Uh, I can I can say that only because there's a, a picture in Entertainment Weekly um, of us fighting. Okay. And uh, so I, I'll let you leave it up to your imagination, Jesus. or wait until August 9th if as I, to how that comes about. If but. I had. A photo of me fighting Matt Damon, I would probably blow it up and put it on the wall and have, you know, invite some friends over. Hey, look at this photo. It just happens to be a photo of me fighting with Matt Damon. I think my friends would probably beat me up if I did that. In a Neil Blomkamp <laughs> movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he's got a shaved head, so it's funny. People watch the trailer for Elysium and they go, was that you? Like, no, that was Matt Damon. Yeah, he looks, oh, he looks okay. He doesn't look as good as you with the shaved head. Yeah, just, right. It works for some men. You know, yeah, I think you exactly. have to have like a nice looking head. Who you know, if you you know, Matt Damon he probably shaved his head, he didn't know what was under there. Right. And then I, he's like, Oh, I guess I'll I guess I'll work with this. It worked out well for him. You I don't know? look Plus as good as that million Josh, dollar but, smile. Yeah. You know, so that always helps and uh, million dollar bank account helps as well, but uh, right. he's a he's a just a gen of a guy to work with and he put on a ton of weight. He put on about the same as me, about fifteen pounds of muscle and yeah. uh, really got ripped for this role because yeah. uh, Neil wanted us to sort of look legitimate threats. Um, and but he was a, just a great guy to work with, and Charlotte was amazing to work with. Jodie Foster, a total pro. Yeah. Uh, she's just tough as nails when she's working, and then afterwards, she's just the most giggly, lighthearted uh, individual. Like the, these yeah. sound like fantasy stories. That all of these people that you got to work with on the set of, of the Neil Blomkamp movie. Right. And I, I mean, I, 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 I've heard stories about Neil being around Vancouver. There's yeah. a there's a place called Toy Traders. Uh, out in Langley that uh, sells action figures and right. comic books and toys and and they mentioned that you know once once in a while we go out there and we're friends with those guys and they talk about Neil coming in once cool. in a while and like the like like District Nine is so revered yeah. and has such a, a place in my heart and mm-hmm. always will that I I, uh, well, I mean just t- t- tell me more about Neil what's it like well, working with Neil this was the thing when I found out that um, Neil was making a film I I had met him once actually I I play of all things I play squash and we happen to be members of the same squash club and I played him once and somebody said hey what's going on you. Who are you playing? Today? Is that a and South said, African thing? Squash playing squash. I think it is. It's yeah. sort of. It's. It's at least. It's you know. Royal babies born today and all of that stuff. Or whenever it was born, I don't know. I don't follow, follow that. But I think if you live in the Commonwealth, you've generally played squash. You're a squash it's, player. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just forty five minutes, and I can go run my my ass off and feel like I've done something constructive. And so he we played once, and then I found out that it was actually Neil Blomkamp I just played. And I thought... So you'd played him, and you'd, yeah. you didn't know that you were playing with Neil. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I found that kind of halfway through. Did you kick his ass? And I thought, yeah, I'm not going to let him win. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he would have hated it more if I yeah. let him win. He's a very competitive guy. And so then I found out this film was uh, being shot in Vancouver, and I, I, I asked my agent, said, do whatever you can to get me in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was this great role of uh, Crow, who's my character in, in the film, mm-hmm. Crow with an E, which is a reference to Aliens. Mm-hmm. So there's um, Crow and Drake are the two sort of uh, uh, left and right hand. I don't hand get the Crow reference in Aliens. What's it from? They were the um, – oh, Neil's going to kick my ass for not knowing this. Um, it'll come to me. Let me think. Yeah, about go it. ahead. Yeah. Just keep moving on. Or maybe we can do that as a little, a little bit of a, uh, a trivia question for your listeners. Say, okay, yeah. if you can – uh, reference Crow and Drake from Alien. Yes, that's good. Write in or or that's our trivia comment question. on the podcast. Answer it, and uh, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll tell you if you're right or wrong next week on the show. <laughs> that's exactly yeah, that's it. Uh, and um, so yeah, then the audition. I got the audition and uh, went in and thought I nailed it. It was really hot. It was in, but it was only in March, and I thought I was sweating all over the place. But uh, that added an air of reality. But to But what it, do I they guess. do? I mean, this is an action role. Obviously, yeah. they're going to need you to be physical. And so when they bring you in, I'm not an actor. I've never mm. done any acting. So when they bring you in and they need to see, I guess your physicality, like what you can do. What what do they do in a moment like that? Like how how yeah. do they put you through your paces? You know what? Not a lot in the audition room. They they wanted more about character. Can this guy okay. do a South African accent? First of all, mm-hmm. a legitimate and believable. South African accent. That's because, no problem for you. Yeah, I mean, I just dropped right back into it. You know, it's okay. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll get these guys. It's okay. Nice. So I was born there, lived there for 16 years. It was easy for me to transition into. Then after I got the role, Neil said, Josh, I need you to sort of bulk up and, uh, you know, or just get a little bit more ripped. So I did that. And um, then there's a stunt in the film that I do that Neil wanted to shoot in a really specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wouldn't have allowed for a stunt double. So they said, uh, 
the stunt director on Stargate Universe, which I was on for uh, the first season, this guy by the name of James Bamford, Bam Bam Bamford, and he's an amazing stunt director. Mm-hmm. And Mitch, who was our stunt director on uh, a coordinator on Elysium, called him up and said, "Can Josh do this? Like, is he capable?" And Bam was like, "Yeah, no problem, man." Because I did a bunch of stunts on Stargate. So then they showed me. Did ended up doing about three, four days of stunt training. It was a ratchet pull. I get pulled. Um, um, you know, 10, 20 feet into uh, some plate glass. So they hook you up to something they that physically you pulls table. you at a high speed through a plate of glass or yeah. mul- multiple plates or just one plate? One sort of three-inch uh, thick plate, plate of glass. And it's not like water. regular glass, is it? You oh, can't it's get, regular you glass. You can get through th- a three-inch thick plate yeah, of glass. Yeah, maybe not three inches, like two inches, let's say. But And then it's got some um, – it, it's bolted to a wall. I can't say too much because then I give away the yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, but, no, we gotta yeah. Yeah, but it's, um, it's thick. It's certainly th- – it, and – you know, you break it. It's yeah. glass. You break it if you go at enough speed. And they wanted to make sure I could do that. But Were you scared? Such... Were you nervous? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it was about the most badass thing I've ever done. Yeah. And you could tell the air on set that day was a little bit sort of like, okay, let's make sure we don't screw this up. Because right. stunt guys, I have the most amazing respect for them because I see what they went through. Our stunt doubles on the show went through some of the most insane stuff I've ever seen in my life, mm-hmm. which is why the movie is – Brilliant, because you see some of the action sequences in this film, and it blows your mind that these guys were able to do this. There's very little that's done in this in terms of action sequences mm-hmm. that was CGI. Really? If you're seeing action on the screen, it was done. The sets were built specifically, because Neil, is, he's a VisFX guy, and obviously he creates these amazing worlds. But he also loves the reality of having actual living, breathing sets. Mm-hmm. Um, you go to his office, and he's got all these droids and aliens and stuff from his various He gets films. them in Toy Traders. He's, right. And he's got a big Terminator there that he in his office. Like a, a life-size Terminator? Uh, no, not a life-size one. But he's got a life-size alien from oh. Uh, D9. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Um, and he, uh, I gotta go to his office. It's really. I gotta cool. see this office. Just drop in, like I did here. Hey, Neil. It's perfect. Just it's sort of like another basement. Josh said it'd be okay if I stopped by. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, he's going to South Africa in a couple of weeks to shoot uh, his next film, Chappie. So um, he won't be there. He's yeah. just sort of just. That's all right. Sneak just put by. my feet up That's on exactly the desk. Right. Yeah. Play with his aliens. I'm actually enjoying it right in here. This is quite a comfortable basement. Listening to the podcast, I wasn't sure what to expect. It's not for everybody it's, down it's here. It's dark. Yeah, it's an acquired taste. It, it is an acquired taste. But if you, you know hear what? scurrying in the, in the corners, just ignore it. We okay. shot we shot for a month in Mexico City on Elysium. So oh really? On, yeah, on a garbage dump. So I'm I'm used to this. This is great. I didn't. Yeah. So so you shot part of the film here in Vancouver, yeah. part in, in Mexico City. And that's it for locations? Or? That was it, yeah. Okay. We shot in the studio mostly in Vancouver. and then the uh, So anytime you see Earth in the film, that's Mexico City mm-hmm. um, most of the time. And anytime you see Elysium, that's generally in the studio. But with these massive sets, some of which were designed uh, by Sid Mead, who was the um, um, set designer on Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. So Jesus. There's, there's some good lineage on this film. There really is. Yeah. Some serious history yeah, back it's, there. Yeah, it's, it's bad. So I'm looking again at your uh, resume here, and uh, you worked on Stargate? Yeah. You worked on a show called uh, Bloodlines? Blood Ties. Blood Ties. Yeah. You, and that's a vampire show. It was a vampire show. It didn't show, last for yeah. long. It didn't last for long. Yeah. You know, I mean, shows come and go. I did a show called Killer Instinct, and I did the 13th episode of that. It got canceled after 11, so <laughs> you, you, you just never know. I got paid. That's okay. Yeah. But, um, stuff that people might have seen me in, I did Su- Supernatural, and I did Fringe, and I did... Uh, uh, at Stargate Atlantis and Stargate Universe. So you have some uh, serious nerd credibility. And yeah. I guess my question always to uh, to the the actors who appear in a lot of these uh, genre-type shows where there's space and and, uh, and otherworldly things going on, are you really a geek and a nerd at heart? And if so, prove it. Right, exactly. Well, there, I know that there's some serious uh, guys with some serious nerd cred and geek cred out there, and I think everybody has a degree of it. Growing up in South Africa, my exposure to the type of uh, geekery, shall we call it, mm-hmm. was a little bit limited. But I, uh, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of sci-fi. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I love mythology stories. So there's a, there's a degree of sci-fi cred involved in that or nerd cred. But comic books was never a huge thing growing up in, in South Africa. It just, it, it just wasn't. So I never really got into that side of things. It's just not part of the culture there yeah. the way that it is here in North America. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's, um, it's just a really interesting place to grow up, and, and comics was never part of it. But I enjoy uh, the, um, the, 
tech geek. I would consider myself more of a tech geek. Yeah, I'm what are you about into that, these like days, gadgets, like, tech-wise? Like, you know, iPhones and, and, and computer stuff yeah. and, and, and that sort of stuff. Like, we, I just made The a, sexier stuff. The sexier stuff, yeah. exactly. Um, so I would go to Comic-Con. I have never been. I would go, and I think you've been a bunch of times, right? No, I You're now went, banned, aren't I you? I went one time. Didn't I hear yeah, that? Apparently, my reputation precedes me. Yes, I, I, I was banned <laughs> for making fun of uh, Comic-Con, basically. That's so, why I was banned. That's really funny. Because I don't have the superhero thing either, even though I did grow up right. here in North America. I was never a comic book guy. I tried wa- reading Watchmen like 50 times. I could never get through ah, it. Ah, interesting. And it's just not for me. I'm, in, I'm into video games. Right. I'm into some of the tech and the gadgetry. Yeah. But uh, and and I do like some of the superheroes. I like the Avengers. Like that was fun. Sure. I felt well, Josh Whedon is a, is king, right? I mean, he is. Yeah. You know, I've worked with Neil Blomkamp. If I could work with Josh Whedon or Christopher Nolan, that's or it. Any of those? Yeah. I mean, then I'm set. Really. Yeah. That would just add to my nerd cred. I think. You know? Totally. I never became. A, I was never much of a gamer, because mm. again, it 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 wasn't a huge thing growing up in Africa and. Uh, sort of, I'm aging myself here, but I just remember going. We'd go play Atari at the at the local convenience. Oh, Vic and store. I remember Atari. Yeah. yeah, you played the Atari. You played Atari in the convenience store. Yeah, I mean, you know those big um, consoles. Atari had their sort of ones, and then Commodore had their ones. And, the arcade uh, cabinets, the arcade, exactly. With the stick in the front and the big buttons right. in the quarter. Space Invaders. Yeah, you know that was where the, you just had the little spaceship that spun around and shot. That's asteroids. Asteroids. See, shit. This is I'm destroying this is, my nerd. No, this here. is like password. You know, just. Give me some some uh, details, and I'll tell you the name of the game. No. Perfect. Yeah. I, you see, so this is this is exactly my point. I was never able to uh, gather the hand-to-eye coordination sufficiently to do well right. at those games. My brother kicked ass. He mm-hmm. was amazing at those. I wasn't. Um, so I sort of gave up, and I started playing uh, car games. Car like, games, yeah, like, like racing games? Racing games. Yeah, you got yeah. into those. Yeah. Need for Speed and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, those I could play. A lot of the Need for Speed games were made right here. Is that right? Yeah, right here in Vancouver. In Vancouver. Yeah. Well, we've got a super huge uh, gaming community here in terms of creation. Tons of lineage yeah. here. Yeah, the roots yeah. for gaming. This is what one of the one of the most uh, w- one of the things that Canadians I don't think are ever proud enough of is the incredible video games that come out of this country. I- I'm from the states, right? But I see it. I'm I'm jealous of the things get that get made here. Incredible games come out of this. Have you ever done any voiceover work for games? You know, I, I've done some auditions. I've never done any actual work. Yeah. Uh, I love the idea of doing game work. I think it'd be amazing to voice mm. to a whole character and, and the sort of different paths that that character can go down. I think it'd be really, really fun. Voiceover is amazing. Um, I've done some, but mostly cartoons and, and what have you, biblical stuff. So yeah. uh, it's a different beast when you're playing a, a kick-ass lieutenant or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, I, I, my goal is to make you cry. On today's uh, show, <laughs> because I want to be the Barbara Walters of uh, of podcasts, and so very nice. Uh, but before I make you cry, is there is there is there anything else that you want to tell us about? Any other projects you're working on? Or yeah, I uh, well, I I worked on this. Uh, feature film it's a comedy it's office space meets trading places we call it it's a, about a guy's got um wait that sounds amazing yeah it's really good one guy he's got a he, he's it's his last day of work he's got one day to save his job defeat his enemies and not get dumped by his girlfriend and, wow uh, what's the name of it focus it's called Focus. And w- it's coming out soon? Well, we're, we're waiting for uh, festivals to sort of give us the yay or nay. We've submitted to Toronto Film Festival and Vancouver Film Festival, obviously, because those are two important festivals for us as Canadian filmmakers. Mm-hmm. But we're waiting to hear back from them because obviously you can't release it theatrically and, until you've had your premiere. A lot of these uh, festivals want it to be the premiere, the North American premiere, the world premiere, or whatever. Yes. So we're waiting to hear back on a couple of those, Slam Dance, South by Southwest, some really cool festivals. And if we uh, if that all goes well, we get a distributor. Probably see it in theaters uh, or on digital distribution in, in in the fall. So you're in the you're in the film. I'm in the film. Yeah, I co-wrote it. I produced it, and I starred in it. Wow. Yeah. So you wear many hats. I try to. You know, I mean, I I, I came from a lawyering background. I've practiced law for four years. You have a law degree. I have a law degree. Oh my god. It was, was you the really most really are Renaissance. It man. was the most miserable way to make a living. You watch your yeah. life go by in six minute intervals. Wow. Yeah. And so I said. Forget this. I'm going to go do what I've always loved, which is acting and, and performing. And so that just gave me an amazing background to to start producing and to start making films. It's so funny. I have another friend who has become a wildly successful Lego artist. He oh, builds amazing. stuff out of Lego, like the most beautiful yeah. things you can imagine. He was a corporate lawyer for a long time. I used to visit him in his office, Unreal. and he would have, le- like, inside of his desk drawer, instead of having 
papers, official papers, he would just have Lego in there and he'd just be playing with it all day. And one day he started making enough money doing the Lego stuff, just left that whole world. That's amazing. I didn't think you could make money doing that. Well, they've got the Lego movie coming out now. I've heard about this. I don't Everything's know. Lego yeah. these days. Yeah. Which I think Heather said she was part of. Heather Dirksen, she was on your show last Some, week. Uh, it's a Lego Star Wars Yoda yeah. thing or something. Well, I just love that skit, the Lego skit where Darth Vader's in the uh, the cafeteria of the Death Star. Have you seen that? No, I haven't Is seen he, that. Is it voices Darth Vader doing visiting the cafeteria? It's hilarious. Check it out. I will check it out. Yeah. So uh, here's my question that's going to make you cry. Uh-oh. I know it's going to work. Yeah. Now, if you picture yourself as a young man... You're going to the convenience store. You're looking for the Atari arcade cabinet. Did you ever, in your wildest dreams, think you would be doing what you're doing, that you would have had the kind of success you've had so far? The tears are coming. Just just give 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 me a moment. I knew you were a light touch. We can edit this out, right? (laughs) Yeah, we'll Um, take all this out. You know what? Never. No, I I think you sort of, you you hope... um, Acting is is a, is a crazy business to be involved in. It's um, we're really fortunate to do what we do, and we do get the opportunity to do it. And I've been blessed to work with some really, really amazing people. And working with Neil is just the oh, absolute man. pinnacle yeah. of my career. Um, he is such a gifted visionary. I think you truly know that somebody's a great director when their vision is so solid and so unique Mm -hmm. and and I think it's clear that his vision is both but he also allows you to expand within that his vision so a lot of what you see in the film from our my character and and some of the work we did was it was improvised in the moment Neil would say Josh be creepier or be more bad or a badass or make somebody cry more and so he just gave us full reign to take these characters and expand them within his universe that he's created knowing that we were going to honor his ultimate vision mm-hmm. and it, it was truly an honor to work on that and I, and I would love to work with um, people of that caliber again if I'm ever gifted to work with Neil again I would do it in a heartbeat so everybody the world the entire world gets to see Josh Blacker beat the crap out of Matt Damon I don't know how the fight turns out <laughs> we're going to find out on right. August 9th what does your family think about what you're doing now you left your your law job and you're doing this they're they're super supportive I mean, yeah. my mom and dad said josh do what you love and find yeah. a way to make money doing it and i'm really grateful for their support they've been amazing i'm taking my mom to the premiere in la actually because um, she's been there 100 percent for me and i think they're they're proud you know and then they they'll, they tell me as much and i just hope to continue to uh do work that uh makes them proud and makes me proud and that people want to watch yeah you know and i think you put your health, yourself in the hands of neil blomkamp your chances are pretty good people are going to watch what you do well high expectations for this movie yeah. elysium comes out on august 9th and you know certainly looking back on at district nine nobody had expectations for that movie nobody knew what the hell this was going to be and right. we, we all went we had our heads blown clean off and i think we're going to go into this movie i know that i am uh you know a little bit like well show me what you know what you got for a, a follow-up film here neil right. and uh and it's it's unfortunately unfortunate that that's the way it works sometimes yeah. but lots of pressure on neil this time to deliver a huge movie even the trailers that i've seen so far for the movie they seem like they give away a little too much i feel like i'm i've watched the entire movie condensed down into a two-minute trailer you know what's really interesting i spoke to neil about that and i said how do you feel about the marketing and how that's going and um because i, I i've seen the film so i know what it's about yep and you can rest assured that there there's lots that isn't given away. Okay. Uh, I think I Neil better. is really good at, at, at crafting a story that surprises people. Um, and within this budget, uh, he had a much bigger world within which to play. So what you see in the movie gives you a basic through line, mm-hmm. but there's a lot that happens in between that I think people are going to be really surprised by and is going to make people walk out of the theaters, much like they did with District 9 going – Shit, he still got it. <laughs> Neil's a pretty canny guy. Um, so uh, one last question before you yeah. go. Uh, to name a TV show or a movie or, uh, or you know, something, a book or something that you've consumed recently that has had some sort of impact on you that you would recommend to podcast listeners. Huh, wow. What well, comes to I, mind? I just finished rewatching Breaking Bad. Okay, so you're getting all geared up for the, fu- for the finale. finale. Yeah, yeah, my brother had never watched it, so I said, dude, you got to watch this You started show. from the beginning? From the beginning. 
beginning. I rewatched it oh all over God. again, and it's so fresh in my mind now. So that's really current. I mean, obviously, Game of Thrones. I, I would imagine mm-hmm. practically anybody who listens to this is going to be a, a fan of the books. Right. Uh, and or the people that are now catching up with what everybody knew 10, 11, 12, 13 years ago. So right. those two for sure are yeah. just amazing. So they stand tall. Yeah, yeah. and I saw a great um, film the other day, Oslo, August 31st. It's a um, Norwegian film, I think. It's called Oslo? Oslo, August 31st. Okay. Just an amazing Joachim Trier, who is a distant cousin of Lars von Trier. And he, uh, he made this movie. It's a pretty bleak, but uh, powerful movie. What's the gist in one sentence? It's, it's a guy who is a uh, recovering addict and has to go into Oslo for the day to um, make uh, for a job interview. And it's about his, it takes place in one day, August 31st in Oslo. Wait, this sounds great. And he, it's basically what the struggles he faces as yes. a recovering addict in this in this city and the people he visits and remembers and how his his life takes a ver- various turns th- throughout the movie and it's uh, incredibly powerful so Vic is going to kick himself for going out for pickles and horseradish that he didn't get to meet you um, but I'm glad I got a chance to chat yeah, with you so we've got pleasure. Elysium coming up uh, we also have Focus look for it at your local film festival we don't know where that's going to pop up but we'll try right. to keep you posted here on the podcast uh, Josh Blacker thanks for coming in thanks so much Scott All right, real pleasure yeah, okay. cheers Ah, uh, uh, dude. Yeah. It smells a little different in here. What, what was happening? It smells like Josh Blacker in it, here. You missed Josh Blacker. What? He's, he's one of the stars of Elysium. Shut yeah. the hell up. No, I had to go get the pickles. Why? He was what in the, the neighborhood. Why didn't you call me? This is two weeks in. First Heather oh, Dirksen and now Josh shit. Blacker. My phone is right here. I forgot it. Well, I knew you're, you had your... Uh, I, I, I couldn't wait. I had to talk to him. Dude. I had all kinds of questions about Elysium. What's Matt Damon like? Matt Damon smells like angels. He's, he smells like angels. Look at him. He's beautiful. Oh, man. Oh, man. We had a great chat. You that know. is bullshit. That's two awesome interviews you've done, and I haven't been around. Well. I guess I got to meet Evangeline Lilly and you actually, Jeff Bridges. You, and Henry Cavill and Eva, Eva Green. Green and, Henry Cavill. Yeah, so and Kevin Sorbo and Ray Park. But Heather yes. Dirksen and Josh Blacker. That's awesome. Yeah, two we, great we people. We are fucking kick-ass at name-dropping around here, aren't we? Well, you are better than I am. I actually don't get out that often. If people don't come to the basement, I don't really get to meet anybody. <laughs> That's true. So Josh is in a, a huge movie. You're going to have to listen to this later. You're going to have to listen to it. I know. what He's in Elysia, man. This yeah. is this is some pretty good track records. We had a Man from Steel, Man, man of Steel uh, host, uh, guest, and we had a, uh, a guest from Pacific Rim, and now a guest from... Elysium? That's right. What's going on here? We're, we're like going upscale with this podcast. We can do anything here. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So uh, so we got a, a big project that we're working on that you're going to find out about if you're a, a longtime viewer of Reviews on the Run. You've got to be really excited about this. Look, we're we'll doing announce our, it next week. You don't want to do it today? No, we'll announce it next week. We're going to announce it next week. Yeah. He's giving me one of his looks. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. And it's going to be uh, controversial. And it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. And it's, it's not uh, going to be that controversial. Oh, I think there's going to be some people upset. Are you, are you coming out of the closet? Is that what you're doing? No. <laughs> I think that controversial. That's not fair to tease them <laughs> like that. It's going to be something super fun. Everybody's going to enjoy it. You're, you'll have to wait till next week because Vic just put the kibosh on us announcing it today. That's right. And you know what Ruby said today? Huh? Dada funny. Dada funny. Yeah, That's I don't know so if it's sweet. true, but she said it, so it's all good. Thanks for listening to Vic's Basement, everybody. Yeah, Stitcher. Yes. iTunes. Subscribe. You can rate us. Five stars are nice. Yeah, I, that's all we accept these days are five stars. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.